hello and welcome to the queer experience i am your host eric hermrein i use he they pronouns um and today we're playing a very different vibe of a game and i have been i've been honestly excited about this for weeks since i found it and downloaded it and read it's a very light rules like game it's i think eight pages which makes me even happier most of the time um it is called when the sun dies it is about the last three days of the world uh the world will end and we can't stop it and we are now living out our last few days and so i have assembled a crew uh, to go on this journey, this road trip with me, as you'll find out. I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves, then I'm going to introduce our special guests. So Lex, want to tell us your, your name, pronouns, and maybe just a quick sentence of who you're playing. Yep, I'm Lex, they, she, and I'm playing Rain After Drought, also known as Ray, they, them, who is a half tree person, half clockwork person, who is out to find the maker and settle the score. <laughs> Hector. Hi, my name is Hector Reyes. Uh, my pronouns are he, they, and I'm playing uh, Hawk Desuenio, a proletariat punk rocker uh, looking to make amends with his mom. And Richard. Hi, my name's Richard. Uh, pronouns he, him. I'm playing Dale, whose pronouns are also he, him. Dale is a sort of eccentric inventor who wants to finally invent an airship that doesn't explode on him. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> and then we have Casper. Hello, I'm Casper Oliver. I use he, they pronouns, and I will be playing Nightmare, uh, who goes by Night, also uses he, they pronouns. Uh, a recent escapee from a death cult and is looking to experience the last three days on Earth with some semblance of freedom. So got a looser goal, but oh, oh boy, does he got the, the trauma on his back into this adventure. <laughs> And then I will be playing, my character's name is Sprock, also uses he, they pronouns. I am a mix of human parts and clockwork parts. And my my goal in this game is, is one last, uh, ride one last thrill or high before it ends. Um, so I'm, I'm going for vibes. Um, and as I'm indicating, I am playing this game. I am not facilitating because I have been fortunate enough to recruit the game designer, Dare Hickman, to join us for for this adventure which i've also been super pumped about so i'm going to turn things over dare if you'd like to to give us a little intro tell us a little bit about the game and then i i turn things over to you all right perfect hi everyone i'm dare pronouns she they say i am a trans game designer writer editor sensitivity consultant and like 17 other things and today we are looking at my uh baby my pride and joy uh, when the Sun Dies, Finding Joy at the End of Everything. Uh, I titled this because I title everything like a Fallout Boy song, I Cannot Escape the Way That I Am. Um, this is a game about the end of the world, and I'm just going to, I think, read my disclaimer out that I put for uh, the, the audience's pleasure. This is a game about the end of the world. There's no way to save it, reverse it, or magically find a new planet. And I say this not to gatekeep, but to assure that the people who wish to play and wish to experience this game, wish to view it, are emotionally prepared for that. This disclaimer also functions as a content warning for themes of depression, hopelessness, ennui, potential suicidal ideation, planetary annihilation, romance, and death. 
I say all this once again to make sure that you are in the right place to experience a game like this. I understand that it can be a lot, and there is no harm in taking time and coming back to this when you are emotionally ready. But this is also a game that is meant to experience the joy of friendship, camaraderie, community, and spending time with people you really care about right before the end. It is meant to be a thing that I think reaffirms and comforts you, not makes you feel sad and, and down. But thank you so much for listening, and I think I'm ready to roll into it if everyone else is. Beautiful. Okay, I think we find ourselves looking at the sun. This thing that for the last year, months or so, everyone has known is on its way out. And we find ourselves three days away from the end of everything. We see almost a, a sunset with orange beams of light bouncing off of the clouds as so we see an airship. On this airship, however, we also see, I think, black plumes of smoke as, once again, the engine is having a little bit of some trouble. As this airship is, I think, having what I would call a controlled fall, a controlled crash, going to find a place to land, we see our crew. If you'd like to describe yourself with a bit more oomph, feel free to do so. And let's see where we're at on our first day, getting ready for the end of everything. Uh, so Hawk is like a 6'3", lean, like, athlete of uh, a man. Uh, just long legs, long arms, big blue mohawk that's just teased up and has been styled and glued with maybe some, you know, engine grease. <laughs> um, uh, and has like just a baby face, like a baby face, like no beard, just this impressive mohawk. Uh, wearing a like um, like an undershirt, like one of those like long underwear kind of undershirts, but just the top. Uh, sturdy like work suspenders, and very like thick, almost like layered, stitched like wool linen blend work pants. The type that are like grease proof, fireproof, like. Uh, and the cuffs are rolled up like old school, like rockabilly style. Um, he has uh, 20 whole Doc Martens that have been hacked to be like shoulder, like ankle length and then restitched, uh, you know, just to make them more practical work boots. Uh, and there's all kinds of, they're, they're paint spattered, maybe blood spattered. You're not really sure. Uh, and is wearing just a really, really simple uh, pendant that is like a turtle shell. Or, or not a turtle shell. Uh, it's a turtle that's carved out of shell. Out of like conch shell. Um, and a pair of goggles like these. Uh, just resting uh, work goggles uh, around uh, his neck. And he's just looking over the railing uh, of the sky ship. Uh, contemplating the sky above which is a deep intense endless red color similar to the cover of the game 
Perfect. And on to, I'm going to, I think I would like to hear from our lovely engineer. As you are dealing with this plume of smoke, what is, what is happening to Dale? Well, I think we were probably all having like a nice, you know, light lunch or something when the smoke started coming up through the floorboards. Uh, so there was uh, probably some, <laughs> I think Dale basically went, oh shit, and just scurried down below. <laughs> he's um wearing like a blacksmith's apron and like a welder's type cap he has like messy dark hair um he's uh generally pretty frazzled in general but has a lot of like kind of um clockwork tools and stuff he uses to check the pressure in the engine and things like that and he's sort of scrambling around trying to figure out uh which pipe burst this time in the <laughs> in the engine Perfect. Uh, I think for Dale, I want him to make the first roll of the game. Great. Because the, this roll system is thankfully very simple. It uses 1d6. Yep. Uh, 1 to 2s are failures, 3 to 4s are complicated successes, 5 to 6s are total successes. Let's see if you can get this uh, working enough to land safely, smoothly, and somewhere that is generally pretty okay. Okay. Um, I rolled a 2. Beautiful start. <laughs> Uh, I think as you begin to work on this, the, the plume, it, it stops going from like a small plume of smoke to a much bigger one as like little bits of fire are shooting out of this engine. I think you've seen this before, judging by your history with things not working. And you do know, okay, we maybe need to land in the next like 10 minutes versus in like the next 30, okay. I think is is the general vibe of this. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, are there sky islands in this world? I'm curious about. Ooh, I hadn't really thought of that. Does anyone have a an opinion? I'm just gonna go with yes because it's interesting. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Ariana Grande. Yes, and all of this. Yeah, yeah. big old all sky right. islands. Yeah, I think there is. Uh, I think there is the equivalent of a gas station like. Uh, like a semi-truck rest area coming mm -hmm. up. It is an island. It is a few islands away. And you can make it. You're just going to have to, like, focus up. And I think really focus on the steering. Yeah. Uh, I think while Dale is dealing with this, I'm curious about Ray. Yeah. Uh, Ray has, has definitely uh, not really experienced this sort of transportation before. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of a homebody previously been working as a guard for a, for a wealthy family. So did a little bit of traveling on, on smaller craft, but not any that were quite this uh, prone, prone to, you know, issues. <laughs> so they're, they're as far away as possible from the smoke. So the smoke, especially being part, uh, you know, tree, a little bit concerned about getting singed, um, looking at them just as a character uh tall and literally willowy uh with little bits of like green vines and stuff all over and then peeking through it in various places there are clockwork bits um and you know if you looked really closely at them you would see that they're pretty well integrated together um but were definitely additions later on this was not something that like they were necessarily created with originally Bits and pieces have been kind of tacked on over time. 
And what is Ray doing exactly? During the, I think, hubbub of things starting to explode a little bit. Yeah, uh, Ray, Ray is getting as far away from, from most of these things as possible. Again, like not really someone who has ever in their life been, uh, you know, like being like a, an, an escort slash guard detail kind of person, not really used to, uh, you know, fire or anything like that on a regular basis. A little bit concerned about catching on fire. Not sure whether there's anybody around that could really help fix them if anything were to uh, catch a light. Uh, the combination of, uh, you know, oil, machine oil, and uh, greenery, <laughs> all a risk here. So moving moving to find the exits as quickly as possible, planning on kind of ducking and jumping as soon as, as, soon as land is underfoot. Perfect. I think I'm curious about what Knight is doing. So Knight uh, is not at all phased by the whole, oh, it looks like the engines are going kaput, we have to land. Um, Knight, due to a upbringing in the death cult, uh, they're kind of just have having always been surrounded by, oh no, things are going wrong and this is how it's supposed to be. So this is kind of the norm uh, for their brain. Uh, so they... But they also don't know how to help, technically speaking. Uh, so they're kind of watching uh, in odd fascination for what's happening with the engines, but are not, not feeling the fear that they necessarily should be for survival purposes. Um, as far as looks go, Knight is like basically a steampunk cowboy. Uh, so very much has like the Southern Gothic aesthetic of like Wild West. Um, and also has like a steampunk face mask that, uh, shows their eyes, but they often have goggles covering their eyes. So you can't really see any of his face. Uh, and he also doesn't talk a lot. He's more of an observer. Uh, so he's kind of just this half, uh, steampunk cyborg person, uh, looming ominously in the corner watching as everything goes down. Um... <laughs> Just watching out of curiosity at this point. Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, what what is happening with Sprock? Sprock is so for Sprock is um I want to describe them as like steampunk surfer vibes. Like if a steampunk character shopped at Pac Sun, like that's that's Sprock. So like we're wearing board shorts with florals over like my leg one leg is definitely a cyborg leg one leg is definitely my leg um and like like that like that's just the full vibe like i'm i've i've got you know some sort of a small like skateboard of some sort kind of strapped to my back um my my like visual image if anyone plays dead by daylight is like renato from dead by daylight like that's the vibe in his like shirtless cosmetic and the board shorts and I think while all of this chaos is happening, the ship is maybe going down. Sprock has gone full Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic at the front of the ship, just like arms out going, I'm king of the world. Is like, and Sprock recognizes the danger of the situation that we're in. And if asked for help, 
Sprock would do something. But otherwise, Sprock is very much just going to be standing at the front of the ship being like, fuck yeah, if this ship goes down, I want to see the, I want the front row seat. Beautiful. I think as we see this intrepid cast of characters, the smoke almost trailing behind, we use that as a, I think a beautiful transition point to a messy landing. The, the bottom of the ship is, it has seen better days. It is scratched, it is bumped, it is bruised. It, you know, if this is one of those things you would tell an insurance agency about if it wasn't the last few days of the year. So instead, you just kind of buff out what you can, put a little duct tape on it, and you consider it a wrap. You made it to you made it to a place where you can repair the engine. And I'm curious how it goes, actually. I'm I'm going to put fate in your hands one more time to see how the repair function goes. Okay. Let's try one more time to see if I can weld things back together somewhat successfully. Okay, it was a three. Beautiful. Okay. Um, yeah, that is a complicated success. I think you find that the engine is working again. It is able to get you off of this little island. However, you need to be very careful, and I think this ship has become even more of that kind of ship that you need to like really know how to operate. You can't really just trust anybody to pilot it. You know, you have to, like, turn the engine on at exactly the right angle. And if you put a little too much pressure on it. So it's a bit of a mess right now. Mm-hmm. But it'll get you where you need to go. But if you're going anywhere in a rush, it might start having complications. Well, we only need, we only have a couple more days anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't exactly. have to last too long. I'm like, think... why did you just describe the Millennium Falcon of skyships? <laughs> I mean, it, that's <laughs> kind of what I was kind. envisioning for it. Uh, I will say, you weren't even charged for it. It was done completely on the house. The, mm-hmm. Not too many people are really worried about money, and the people who are have done their best to try to get off-world or try to find the safest little bunker that they can. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that matters, not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. While you were here on this sort of island in the hours between it getting fixed, does anyone want to take their first scene of, of day one? I mean, if no one else is gonna, I can. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, I think you. we're all we're all doing that thing of like, oh, does someone else want to go? I don't, I don't want to <laughs> cut in line if someone else wants to go, but I'll I'll bite yeah. the bullet and go. <laughs> gotcha. All right. What is? I, I so for for context for this game, everyone gets a chance to do a personal scene a day, and then we end on a group scene. Does anyone have? Is there anyone uh... you would like to bring along? long for the scene or what what you are trying to do here um i don't know if knight would necessarily like on a first instinct invite someone else um which is like no insult to anyone else on the on the trip it's just like i don't know these people i am going to go walk around um And so I think that he is very, you know, being on one of these islands is a very new experience for him. He's usually been on the ground in more like wasteland type areas. So seeing something that looks so new would just be kind of what he decides to take in. So he's kind of just 
you'd go off exploring mindlessly. Uh, the only like way that people know where he is is they hear the clunking of his little spurs on his boots, <laughs> almost Perfect. like a cat with a bell. <laughs> Perfect. I have a question. Yes. Have you? You haven't flown much. No. Would the idea of flying seem interesting to you? Yeah. Beautiful. I think this island, as we described, is a bit of a, a bit of a rest stop. Mm -hmm. So there are, you know, a couple of stores, a couple of places to eat, a couple of places to rest, like hotels and everything. I think there's a couple of things for like entertainment to keep you busy for a few hours. And as you're sort of walking, you hear this, you know, the jingle of spurs. You notice, I think, the equivalent of like a vendor just kind of sitting there bored, like doing doing their name. As they look up and they say, "Oh, haven't really seen anyone here." Uh, got a question? You wanna you wanna like hit the sky a little bit? Wanna carve out the clouds? Sure. Is this really what you're spending your last days doing? And kind of like gestures to the the, the stall and the nails and everything, and it's just like <laughs> nothing else to do. Run into oh. weird people who are wearing spurs and kind of have your whole getup going. So. uh Seems kind of a fun way to handle things. I guess it's all a matter of perspective. Uh, fair enough. Sure, I'll I'll take to the skies. That's no idea what this means. Like, knows that he's going to fly, but he's like, I have no idea what this entails. I, so sure. I, I think you were seeing, like, this, this, like, vendor goer, I think also has the surf vibes. And okay. I think there was just the look of like, oh, you have no idea what you're signing up for. And yeah. there's a little smile that like curls just enough of like, this is part of what they're here for. They like yep. just kind of getting people to overcommit to something they don't know about. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, let me show you. And like immediately stands up and pulls out these like two different boards. Almost they like look like surfboards, but they have a bit of a sail on them. And there's one that doesn't. So pick your poison. You know, you can, you know, you can have a little bit of help if you need it. Hold on to the rails. Or if you really feel like you got it, just, just free fly. I need to clarify that I don't feel like I got it, but I'm going to oh, go, I'm going to go with the, uh, without the, without the help. Just kind of points to like the, the harder of the two boards. And it's flat out going to say, if I die, I die. All right, so you probably won't die. Probably, we haven't had an accident, and and you see, like off to the side of the the kiosk, Dayson's accident. Yeah. Uh, it says four. It, it's it's well, been fine. You'll be fine. All right. Well, let's test that. Let's see how it goes. And he's just gonna hobble on over, kind of like adjusting himself and just. He has no idea. He obviously has no idea what he's doing. Perfect. I think even your initial steps on the board are a little like shaky, unsure, unsure of even what foot placement goes. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, you it'll magnetize you to the board, so you shouldn't fall. That not really an accident that happens super often. So you're good. I'll just start pushing you a little bit and just trust your body. You know, you'll you'll figure it out. First time I drew, the first time I ever drew over flew. It was after I'd already, uh, you know, gotten a, gotten a license for it. You just figure this stuff out. 
Oh, all right. Well, trust ain't my thing, but I'll give it a try. Let's go. Perfect. And I think as you're on the edge of this island, seeing like the sea of clouds, little islands speckled around, the the orange, like red sun, like piercing above you, you are just slightly pushed and you fall. Give me a roll. All Let's right. See how this goes. All right. It's my first time using this set of dice. It's my first metal set. So I'm very excited. I'm to a use metal it. dice girly. I love it. I, I figured if we're doing steampunk, I might as well pull out the metal dice. That's a one, my friend. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, you guys are telling a story. I think with the one, the first thing you see happen is just you fall and you fall and you fall. And like you start almost cutting the sky a little as you hear emergency protocols activated. Uh, as <laughs> yeah. you are like, careening down sort of hitting the equivalent of terminal velocity it just suddenly does a beautiful arc and you fly high high and push through the cloud layer again and i think even as it says baby mode activated and the rail sort of pop up and for you to grab grab onto and you still get a chance to like cut across the sky but it is it it is it instead is almost undercut by the way it talks to you during yeah. all this. It's like, put weight left. And it's very condescending. But at the same time, you are still getting a chance to fly and see the sky. And how does that feel, even with the voice sort of insulting you the entire time? I think this is hilarious. But Knight, on the other hand, um, I think during that initial fall... Um, when it seemed like, oh, I'm, I'm careening down. There's like this moment where Knight kind of just accepts it and is like, well, this isn't how I expected it to go, but here's how we're going. I got farther away from home than I ever thought I would. And, oh, I'm going up. Oh, we're going up. What? And he's like pulled out of it. Right. <laughs> and then it starts talking to him. Emergency mode activated baby mode activated grab this like blah blah and, and it's just like if you could see his face it would be so done it'd be so oh you think you're cute oh that's that's sweet um but i think once he gets over the fact of like all right uh this thing is uh this thing knows what it's doing better than i do i think he just trusts the machine um and kind of ends up having a really good time while flying. Uh, I think if he gets to a point where, like, no one can see him, like, it's just him. And if, like, do you think there'd be any point in this guy where it's, like, just him? Oh, yeah. I think this isn't a super populous, air like, area. I, people aren't going to the rest stops that much. So, yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, if, if there's a point in time where he's like, no one can see me right now, he actually takes off his mask to feel the fresh air. Um, feel it kind of like going on his face and like the little parts of his skin that are still skin uh, through his hair. Uh, but as soon as he's like, oh, we're going back, he immediately like almost in a panic, like puts the mask back on so that no one can see his face before he gets back the landing spot yeah and i i think as as you land again uh there's almost a bit of a self-satisfied like little little grin as you see like a 
another tally just made on like the two boards um everyone thinks they can handle the this the hardcore board it's okay you're not the first you might be the last though in fact you you want a, a picture for that and like offers like a little camera Sure. I mean, why not? <laughs> like, all right so in like smile and just takes a snaps a quick little photo uh of you very unamused on this board that mocked you a little oh with yeah. saying potential last customer just with a question mark <laughs> as it's handed to you he he'll he'll give a little tip of his hat that he probably had to have one hand on the entire time he was flying, so it just his cowboy hat didn't just fly off. So he gives a little tip of the hat of respect, um, looks to the board, gives it almost like it in his head, he's like flipping the board off, but he also knows the board is just doing its job, right? So <laughs> he's not gonna do it openly. And he's, you know, to the to the per the vendor just you know, thank you kindly and takes the photo and just continues perusing, might look for some food. Um, but it's just Or a place to smoke. He has little holes in his mask that like cigarettes fit through. It's just specifically made so he could keep smoking. I love Uh, his uh, priorities. the, oh yeah, well, the world's ending anyway. Like, you gonna stop now? Um, perfect. I think as that has all been happening, I, I would like to cut and see, does anyone else have anything they would like to do while they are still here on the island? If not, as we take off, we can always do little personal scenes uh, afterwards. I definitely feel like Sprock probably walks over to whoever this person is because I feel like Sprock has to know them. Like, to, has, like, bumped into them before running this, like, while Knight is, like, up running around doing, like, in the sky, I just feel like Sprock would walk over, put his hand on their shoulder and be like, it never ceases to make me laugh. Every time. And like Okay. I watch night as they like come back down, like screaming as you hear like the baby protocols and all this other stuff happening. Yeah, I do think as part of the baby protocol, it is louder than you'd expect. I think it I think part of it is there, there is a, a social shame that comes with it that that is part of why this board uh exists. There's there's like a little speaker or something that that like feeds back some of the sound and like the the alert light goes on for like baby moon activated on one of the on one of the boards. Absolutely. I love As it. many people need to know as possible. L literally. I think I think I think this is like the ego checker of like surfboard shops. Um, but yeah, if unless anyone has anything they like to do, we can resume back in the air. Yeah, that works for me. To the sky. Okay, perfect. Yeah. After a few hours of resting and I think looking at various brochures stuck in like the the station. Uh, you all hit the sky once again, and as you are flying to your first destination, may I ask, uh, what is it? Slash, is there a scene of somebody wanting to uh, talk to establish it? I feel like Sprock would look to the people who like have a more destination goal. Yeah. Cause again, Sprock, Uh... I'm just vibing. I'm just here for vibes. Yeah. Uh I think that I'll, I'm going to take a big swing. Uh Go for it. I I think that uh my character walks over to Ray 
and is like, hey, you've been staring at that book this entire trip. Yeah. Now's the time. Uh, We're on the way. And it points at like the map, like 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 a like drawings and like and like it's scrawled inside of of uh the maps and books that I would like to establish that that Ray is like staring at still. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a little notebook that, that Ray carries around all the time and and clearly everyone else has noticed, like looks at it fairly frequently. Um and and so Ray's like, yeah, I, uh, you know, pull pull something out of their out of their like, not really a pocket because they're not really wearing clothing per se, but like, kind of like a fold of bark at their waist, um, and and shows it to uh, to Hawk. Uh, my 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 maker uh, gave this to me, um, and it says, you you know, you look down and read it, and it says, uh, you'll always be able to find me, and it's a little like pointer. And they put it down onto the maps in their hand, and it starts kind of—it's kind of going in the direction that you that you guys are going. Um, I, I never would have gotten on on something like this otherwise, uh, you know. I especially one that's uh, you know as prone to to being on on a flame as as this one. But you know, it's it's the last couple of days, and I I gotta find him. Well, we're going to need to move faster because it's limping along. I have a feeling. I'm going to go help Dale. That sounds like and a good idea. Gets up and very dramatically like pulls up the suspenders, pulls off uh, his shirt, and he's just sort of like ripped and covered in like various tattoos. Got like an eight pack, like ruffles up his, his mohawk and makes his way down to the engine room grabs his toolkit because he's been working in factories and assembly lines like since you know his whole life union man union man and goes down to the engine room to help dale fix this thing so that we can get like to raise maker's destination as fast as possible beautiful sweaty and oily and Whatever needs to be done. How homoerotic is is this scene <laughs> of you two working on the engine and making sure it is good enough? I roll am for how homoerotic. <laughs> is there a homoeroticism <laughs> roll? I'm down to roll for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, was, I said I was going I, for a big play. I, I got a, I got a six on homoeroticism. Oh, so extreme. So I, I, I was I, kind I, of hoping for a three to four where it's like it's homoerotic and there's complications. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a six. It's perfectly I'm homoerotic. Jealous. I think it is top gun levels of like masculinity in a way that I don't know if the camera is aware of what it's doing, but the audience can clearly see and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you two talk about anything as you're working on this engine and, and take some time to like try to fix it up a little bit more? And I will say with this six I rolled, this will absolutely not fix all of its complications, but make it run a little bit smoother. Uh, I'm just going to say we don't got very much time. I'm sorry for not helping you uh, with the engine. It's just I'm compartmentalizing that uh, the revolution is over, but uh, we got to help Ray. And uh, um, Dale, you're one of the most 
brilliant workers and engineers that I've ever known. Well, let's uh, let's make this uh, ship work, and uh, maybe tonight we can. Um... Well, I've got a bottle of rum hit in my bag. Oh, I do love some rum. All right. I don't know how good an engineer I am. Things do tend to explode. I have failed a lot, but <laughs> but I've succeeded well, just enough. You know, I noticed that Ray looked a little maybe scared when the explosion happened. Well, I wouldn't call it an explosion, more just a mishap when the mishap happened earlier. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, fire. You know how like we don't like being burned because we're made of like flesh. Sure, sure. I want you to imagine if you were made of like tree. Oh. I have fire suppression systems. I have a fire extinguisher I can give her. Th them. Them, 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 them. They're a plant. It's a plant. They're a plant. Plant, plant right, plant. Gosh, come on. <laughs> I know it's a vaguely like kind of mask. It, it's the end of the world. What am I doing? I'm so sorry. Let's just fix this thing. Yes, and I'll show Ray the the fire where the fire extinguishers are for. I, it's not going to happen again, I'm sure. But yeah, no, case. of course. Yeah. <laughs> the chunk. I'm like fire extinguisher. I'm like, thank you so much. I I appreciate your assurances that this will not happen again. But if it does. That's where the fire extinguishers are. There's several because we're on a, a. There's a lot of wood on the ship. The ship's sort of made of a lot of wood too, so you know. I mean, I have that effect on people. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they just smile. Perfect. All right. Does anyone else have any scenes they would like to do for this first day? I'm, the first day normally, I will say, above the table kind of establishes the characters and where their heads are at and what their like their goals and motivations are. So it's always the one that's like a little bit more silly and more madcap. So anyone has anything else they would like to do? Uh, I think we are still sailing over the clouds as the sun is getting closer to going down for the day. So if anyone has anything they'd like to do before before they head to bed, absolutely let me know. I feel like if people around like Sprock will probably be like, we should drink. And I have this other stuff and just like pulls out like <laughs> a baggie full of like an assortment of what looks like mints and Tic Tacs and other things, but they're all drugs. Oh, uh, does Sprock know what they do? Absolutely not. It's, it's the Karen Walker cocktail. It's just like uppers, downers <laughs> and more. Um, it's like a blind bag. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a you know it's a fun bag. You never know, you never know. <laughs> it's like those mystery jelly bellies where you like pop one and you don't know what it's gonna be, and you're like, oh, this one's super delicious, and oh, this one's boogers. Like it's just that, but drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I feel like that would be like like Sprock's big thing would just be like everyone's stressed. Like the plane's flying, we're fine. Ray, we're going to figure out whatever thing you're trying to figure out. And like, if you need me to help, like, I don't know, punch somebody. I could do that. If you want me to be their friend, I'll do that. But like, 
it's chill, everybody. I mean, like, I know it's not chill because, like, world ending, whatever, but, like, it's chill now. Um, So that would be me. I would be the drug. <laughs> I've apparently become the drug pusher. Yeah. Just to, just to start, like, well, like, we're, like, a bottle, like, a, like a bottle of Jack Daniel ended. equivalent and a baggie of drugs. I'm like, who wants to get rip roaring right now? Like, let's go. <laughs> I, I think this is actually a good, like, group scene to take out the, the first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, oh, I think, yeah. A bit of revelry. Um, <laughs> but I'm also curious yeah. for everyone what's going on in your head as there is this sort of party atmosphere. I know there is a, the, you, you are all aware that there are two days left looming in the back of your heads. And what is going on with everybody as they are sort of celebrating and enjoying this? Um, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe trying to have as much fun as possible because tomorrow we, we have two days and the best case scenario is I see my mom right before the end and in in his mind so at first he thinks about his mom and then he just drinks and takes some pills like after fixing the engine uh and kind of thinks about who he's just trying to figure out how to just have fun tonight without causing drama <laughs> in their final two days uh, together. And that's what he's thinking. Like, he doesn't want to sleep alone tonight, but he also doesn't want to make everybody mad at him. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what's going on through, let's say, Sprock, you were the person who, in- who incited this party. What is going on through your mind? I feel like for Sprock, it's a lot of just like, I think it's easier to like lose yourself in like overwhelming kind of throw caution to the wind and all of that than like truly face the mortal, the mortal thing of like, I'm going to die in 48 hours. Um, I mean, I think the approach of like, I was talking to somebody about playing this game prior to playing and they're like, I was like the last three days of the world. They're like orgy then. Right. And I was like, I mean, like, and I think that's that's the mentality that Sprock has taken of like, we have short a short amount of time left. Like, yes, I could go around and like try and like make amends with people and do all this other stuff, but like, for him at the end of the day, like, why? If like the world is all going to end, if I left something unresolved, it's not like there's anybody anybody here that's going to carry that on with them in a potential afterlife. So Sprock is truly just like. I don't need to face and worry about death. Like it's going to happen. I would rather be in a slightly altered state of existence for the next 48 hours because that sounds like fun. Perfect. That That is exactly what I expected. I'm, I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I want to check in with, with Dale. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just focused on making an, an, like a creation that he's happy with, which he hasn't had the chance to do. So that's sort of what his focus is. But at the same time, he also knows, you know, the world is going to end. So why be like so serious about it? As long as like in the end, I'm happy with what I've created, then I want to have fun along the way. So he'd probably be up for some drug times. 
too. As long as I'm, he's pretty confident that the ship isn't going to like fall out of the sky <laughs> in no, the meantime. It's, it's chopping <laughs> on today. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Nightmare or Ray? Who wants to go first? Ray, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, Ray's a, Ray's a little nervous about about you know making it there in time, but also you know doesn't doesn't really like leaving things undone. Has not in the past, you know, done that. And so you know, with seeing all this rubbery though, like is pulled out of it a little bit and is like. You know, these are the people that that are around me right now, and like, yeah, sure, like a little a little drug times is okay. <laughs> loosening loosening some some ivy out of their out of their hair, and uh, you know, saying like, what what do you got? Show me show me what you got. <laughs> well, you can make some drug spores. Like, we can get really messed from up. the trees. I have never. <laughs> <laughs> I have never tried that, but let me let me see here. Um, you know, try try smoking this and like removes a little bit of like bark from their arm. Like try burning okay. that and see what happens. I'm obsessed. Brock would absolutely grab whatever you're you're offering up and be like, <laughs> like I think you should take Hawks. Whoa, uh, uh. we can burn it like sage and just see how many of us can get high off of it. <laughs> amazing okay so i don't even know if i want to roll for this i'm going to ask because this is just a part of ray's body does it actually do that or are you just kind of doing a placebo effect here i am curious i have it is one of those things where ray has never tried it before okay. it's like but they're like it's almost like like rhino horn or something in other cultures where like People say it does certain things, but like Ray has never had the inclination to try it before. So Ray is just as interested to see what happens here. But also, like, there might be enough drugs in everyone's system at this point that it might do something regardless. We'll all okay. find out. Okay. Okay. I have I have an idea how to take us out of the, the scene when it ends. And, and we'll go on tonight. <laughs> yeah. What are they up to? So night is is very conflicted because on the one hand they don't think they've ever done drugs in the sense of like his life's been really weird but as far as he knows none of it's been drug related um and they're very curious to try but uh due to some and this is coming from someone with OCD uh due to some OCD related mental health issues uh he struggles with the idea of taking his mask off around people uh fear of other people seeing his face and so he's kind of sitting there trying to weigh of if he takes these drugs will his mask come off versus does he trust himself to keep it on and i love the idea of like things being burned and the smoke going in and him if there is any sort of reaction it actually kind of mellowing him out a bit and kind of soothing the brain thoughts um to the point where he just kind of holds out a hand towards sprock doesn't say anything just holds out a gloved hand and and that's that's it just nothing else said just puts a hand out 
Brock would grab into the bag and just like sprinkle like three different colored pills into your hand and says, yeah, that's probably fine. <laughs> this takes me back to high school. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so night night takes the pills and I want to want to just humorously imagine he like takes a straw and like puts it through that little hole in his mask put some water in his mouth or liquor or whatever is being passed around don't if you're listening to this do not do not mix drugs and alcohol this is only okay because the world's ending Um, (laughs) in this specific specific situation um but yeah it takes one pill at a time shoving it like finger that into the hole in his mask and shoving the pills into that little smoking hole that he's made it's a that... it's it's sad wonderful no no I, that can't be comfortable no probably not uh, but do you are you why don't you just take your mask off? Because I don't want y'all to die earlier than you have to. What? 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 You see Sprite just pop another pill? Like, I don't know what that means, but I just <laughs> feel like that's bad. It's it's two days. There's nothing you're going to give us that's going to kill us that fast. No, like if I if people see my face, they they die pretty immediately. So I just don't. I just don't. No. Wait, what? What? How? how? Oh, I'm cursed. I I guess my 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 papa was a, a preacher for a for a god with a pl- proclivity towards death and uh seems to take a bit of a shining to me so when people see my face it kills them so i just don't take it off in front of people i feel like sprock at this point would like walk over to hawk and just like put their arm around them and be like you know what if they want to wear a mask for a little bit it's the end of the world i'm gonna let them live their truth and if their truth is that mask on their face. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You're and you know what? I think I think Hawk is just gonna take this moment to just like cup Sprock's bottom and allow themselves to be absconded with. Like just just it just it's not making sense. Yeah. yeah, and Sprock's just like, let's go. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you the front of the ship. Have you seen the front of the ship? <laughs> I have seen the front of the ship, especially but I have as not it's seen nose the front of the diving. Ship with you, no, nose, nose, nose diving. Is that a? Is that what we're calling it now? I call it a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. See, seeing this, Ray Ray walks over with like another little piece of bark, but like rolled almost into like a cigarette shape, and it's like you prefer <gasps> them this shape, right? Perfect. I think that is a great place to take us out of the first day, as the revelry is had. As I think there's cheering, there is fire in a good way. There is drinking, laughter, and I think. Whatever what eventually happens is I fall to a more quiet, meditative, reflective point in the night. As you know, the moon is fully up, 
white light sort of bouncing off of the, the, the clouds, the stars high in the sky above you, no light pollution to hide them. You are, I think, all quietly as these trees sort of relax you. You have, a, I think, a chance to honestly contemplate yourself. And whether or not you choose to run from it, you there there is this this moment to have that. As you all eventually fall asleep, and we go into day two, and the thing I love to ask for day two is who wakes up first, and what is the first thing they do? Uh, I I think Hawk wakes up first, tumbling out of blankets of whichever PC would like to have spent the night with Hawk. Hawk was not picky. Uh, oh, I mean, and... you, you were you were caressing my bottom, I believe. So yes, yes, yes. So I think it will roll out of Sprock's bed, uh, and like just put on like uh, sailor's pants and head into the the mess and immediately start cooking a meal for everybody. What does that meal look like? And what is the the general smell, sound, and the vibe of you cooking? That I've only so wake up and sort of smell. He cooks uh, what his mother would call a poor man's breakfast. A big, huge cast iron like pot of, of rice. Uh, Spanish rice. Um, but uh, eggs over easy. You know, uh, like a whole bunch, like just a, like a tray of over easy eggs. Uh, and... Uh, and he fries a bunch of like black, like super ripe plantains that he's just been stashing in the back of the cupboard like forever until like they're oh they're black, 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 black. And he's like been saving this for a special occasion. Now's the time. He pulls out these blackened plantains, and when he and he cuts them, and as he cuts them on the inside, it's just this vibrant, sweet almost orange yellow flesh and he peels off the like his mother taught him the the black outer peels of the plantain very carefully um chops them up into pieces and then just you know slides them uh almost like in big groups into like a a, a frying oil frying pan really simple oil uh, actually, no, the best olive oil. He gets the best oil and the reserves and just uses all of it. And then, like, it, it kind of gets a little frenzied towards the end as he realizes we only have two days left. And he's throwing up all of the cabinets and using all the spices and the best salt and the things that we usually say for a special day. And everybody's going to wake up to the smell of cooked eggs, fried amarillitos or moduros or sweet plantains and fresh cooked rice and when everybody gets there there's just a bowl and he's all like yes serve yourselves to the first person who comes in the kitchen just shirtless and cooking beautiful what's who wakes up next what what does waking up look like i think it could be night um with his upbringing probably is an early riser um so I feel like when he wakes up, it's he sleeps in his mask. Like it's not even a, a a thing of puts the mask on in the morning. Like he wakes up, kind of readjusts it so that the eyes line up with the the goggles and puts that on. 
and smells the food and probably only recognizes maybe the smell of eggs. Like he's not used to such like opulent, like well, like the love going into the food and actually like having um, that level of care and is just immediately like captivated by the smell because it's like, oh, it's a new a new thing and it smells divine right and so um puts on his leather jacket and like it's pretty much any any clothing is leather uh and you can't really see any parts of like his skin or his eyes or even really like his hair it's all like hidden under hats and clothes and stuff um so once he's fully layered he goes out and follows the the smell and sees hawk um cooking up all this food and he would just kind of like enter into the kitchen or wherever wherever hawk is and like point at the food and be like what what is that i don't i don't think i've ever oh let me show you poor man's breakfast and uh you know put some rice like a mound of rice a couple of over easy eggs on top and then a bunch of the plantains on the side and then like a salt shaker but the nice expensive salt Sets it down, puts it down. All right, pick whatever condiments you want. But for the most part, uh, you can break the over easy eggs over the rice. These are sweet, but you can put salt on them if you want. The reason why, uh, when I was growing up, my mother called this poor man's breakfast. And the reason why is that she was the daughter of a sugarcane farmer. And um, she was very poor. And in the island where I'm from, uh, they call this poor man's breakfast because everybody always bought big bags of rice to like feed their families. Uh, so you would always keep like a big bag of rice in the cupboard. You have, uh, well, you used to be able to have a plantation plant in your backyard. And, uh, and then you would keep chickens, like, like real live chickens, you know, not the, uh, and, uh, so you just get eggs from your chickens in your backyard. You get the plantains from the tree in your backyard and you just cook this up as a quick breakfast and you don't have to spend any money at the market. That's brilliant. And also it yeah. smells wonderful. I thank you. Uh, what condiments do you recommend? Like, what do you like putting on it? Depends on how poor you are. I know people who put ketchup on this. Kind of gross, but uh, uh, spicy paste sriracha uh anything that you think would go good with rice and eggs hmm. well I, i'll try it as is first since i've never had it before and then i'll uh go from there it no offense would you like some time alone y yes please yes please night can i ask you something uh sure yeah when we get close to the end, may I see your face? I want to look in your eyes and let you know that the time that we've been traveling together has really meant a lot to me. It doesn't have to be now. Okay. And if you change your mind, I understand, but you're worth it. 
like his grip on the plate like it's so tight that it's like almost at risk of breaking the plate and he's just like oh sh sure if, if if you want uh we can we can see what we can uh we, we'll we'll see what we can do <laughs> enjoy your meal i'm gonna guard the door Thank and you. uh i and i stop anybody from coming into the kitchen until night is finished uh yeah so when 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 knight has a moment in the loan in the room he's gonna take off his mask no one can see it but the remaining bits of skin are bright red <laughs> like right now he is so flushed um and he's gonna work on like he's trying to scarf down the food so that hawk doesn't have to take too long but it's so good that he wants to like savor it you know so it's like kind of going in between this like i need to take a big bite so that Hawk isn't standing out there waiting too long, but keeps like taking his time chewing it. Um, probably eats it so fast he gets the hiccups for a little bit. I don't know if y'all ever do that thing where like you eat too fast and you get the hiccups. Um, does that, but eventually he finishes the food and kind of like goes and like awkwardly knocks on the door and is like, it, it was real, real good. Thank you. He probably has already like washed all of the cutlery and plates that he used already like he doesn't want to make a mess for anyone else um you are welcome uh there will be probably one more meal of this if we make it to uh, the island well, I, I hope so because that was very good beautiful i think who wakes up next and and what what does breakfast look like for them? Um, I'm probably like sleeping in the engine room and like a little hammock thing, like um, like Kaylee and Firefly. If you uh, beautiful, <laughs> remember that <laughs> joke. Um, and I probably don't really wake up until I start smelling the food, which is probably maybe around now. Um, so I probably get up and start heading towards uh, the galley. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Ray, Sprock, I feel like Sprock wakes up last. I'm not, you can prove me wrong. It's just the everything about them feels feel like a like wake up last vibe. I'm a wake up last, but I'm always the surprise when I walk in and I'm like composed and together. Like I walk in and I'm like, what up everybody? How are we doing? We ready for a little breakfast? Let's, let's go. Let's like, wake up no visible alert. hangover ever. And like, no one knows if I'm just like really good at baking it. Or if I just genuinely do not have one. Beautiful. Um, and Ray, I feel like the where, where for your maker, are they? Is it an island? Is it a sky island? Is it on land? Uh, what what are the like telltale signs that you're close as, yeah. as you wake up and like you notice that you're near it? Yeah. Um. The with the compass it's kind of like the angle of it seems to be towards the sky so it's it's probably one of the sky islands i haven't seen him in in years at this point uh we we parted ways a, a while back and so you know this i'm kind of going on a prayer here that the uh that this this compass is still leading me to him but i i wake up in the crow's nest sort of untangle myself <laughs> and head down i i don't really eat food the same way that a lot of the more human type people do but i but i roll into the kitchen all the same just to for the camaraderie and whatnot and uh instead of hawk like what would you make today 
What, what is oh. all of this? Oh, uh, this poor man's breakfast. I go into the explanation again. Uh, uh, but uh, I got something for you. So like, I come over and it's just like a pretty unassuming like jar, like mason jar. He sets it down and he's like, that is, uh, I managed to like break into some of the kitchen utensils and that is some triple infused reverse osmosis water. It was really loud. It made a couple noises. Uh, but I figured you would appreciate the crispest, cleanest water since this planet is not had water like this for a while. So yeah, that's I wanted you to have a good breakfast with us as well. Thank you. I I think I might be able. You said there's plantain. I might be able to have a bit of that. And you yeah. you watch them like the the patches of bark on their arm that they sort of peeled off the previous evening. They apply some of the water to that, and then a little bit of the plantain. Back before I was, well, with my maker, uh, I had I had a different family and uh, I haven't really had water like this except, you know, since since I left them. So so thank you. I'm welcome. Uh, when Sprock comes in late, I just want to say that Hawk walks up, uh, reaches in and and like just does attempts to do the boyfriend like very like it's good to see you babe like yes pat on the butt and be like so i'm probably going to spend tonight with gail but however much time you want to spend together today that's fine by me okay and just little and then heads back to fix brock a plate hey see i feel like sprock would see that like all that happens and in in sprock's mind like like, yes, we hooked up last night, but also, like, again, the world is ending in approximately 48 hours. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, Hawk's when you're weirdly like, sweet, when you're like, I'm going to go sleep with Dale tonight, I'm like, all right. And, and there's like a little part in the brain that's like, I mean, you could have invited me too, but like, whatever. Like, it's that's cool. So, like, you come on like overly affectionate, overly sweet. And I like respond like, at like an, a minimum level where it's like, I kiss back, but it's not like a overly like, oh my God, this last night was so great. I'm. It's very like, all right, cool. He's making some more eggs and then he's like, oh, Sprock, if you want to join us, you're going to have to convince Dale. Well, I don't say that out loud. I just am like, like that's kind of like the- No, he he just says that. He, he just like gets there by the fire and just like very a matter of factly just says like, oh, if you want to join us, you got to convince Dale. But I think that would be really, really fun. As he starts making himself some scrambled eggs. And because he made everybody else over easy eggs, but he prefers scrambled eggs. You want an omelet, Sprock? I feel like I'm already like walking over, like starting to dish out some food on my own. Like I'm. I've never been the one to be like, oh, yes, please don't on me. I'm like, I'm good. I got some food. I got some stuff. I want to go talk to my tree friend because I'm still intrigued by the fact that we all got real high off her off their bark. Like, I want to know. <laughs> I'm not like it was a little bit of a different high than usual. I can't tell if it was the bark or if it's because I had the purple speckled pill instead of the pink speckled pill this time. I'm not really sure what all the influencing factors were, but like I'm intrigued 
by Ray. And now I want to know everything about them. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ray sees you coming over and is like, <laughs> like ready for another round. Uh, you know, like, you know, you're asking them questions about like, you know, the the history of this, and and Ray's just like, well, unfortunately, I actually left my family pretty early, so I really don't know more than the average person about the properties of what any of this does. It kind of kind of like and pulls Sprock some of the over- leaves up. I think when Sprock approaches you, like, it's not like, I want to know how to get high off of you. I think Sprock is just like, you need to be my new friend. Like, I don't know, like, again, not sure if what you did impacted our evening or not, but like, Sprock is just like, you're super fucking cool. And I want to get to know you. And like, yes, your leaves might be magic and drug induced, but like, that's like one piece. You're just like, I'm just... Sprock is just fascinated and just wants to get to know you over the rest of this adventure. Uh, Ray is like a little, like, not in a bad way, but like taken aback because they have not spent a lot of time in their life with people who are like so overtly, or, or beings rather, who are so overtly like, oh, like, you know, like, let's spend time together. You know, er, in their early days with their like arboreal family, it was a very much a, like it's an expectation that you spend time with the tribe and like that sort of thing. And so this, this like meeting people who are so excited to meet them is like a little overwhelming, but also kind of a little bit flattering. I think as we like sort of go to these, like this breakfast moment, I think there, there's that underlying tension that has been existing in Ray's heart. I think this entire morning and I think as you begin to see, we're coming closer to the island. I think there are like a couple of telltale, little like, not even big enough to be an island, but little bits of fro- floating like rock and almost like little bits of, let's say, clockwork items and things. As you begin to land on what looks like functionally a mix between like a junkyard and a park. There are definitely a large central like grassy element, but a lot of this, like a lot of the trees, a lot of the elements there have definitely been made of clockwork, have been sort of deliberately made with like a type of love, care, and curiosity. And I, I think there's also like a notable kind of a junkyard uh, as well off to the side of this of island, kind of where you land. And Ray, I think the second you see all of this, it unchanged from how you remember it it is it it is like looking at a picture of your home and then coming back 20 years later to see is absolutely the same and i think before we get into race scene i i want i'm curious about what dale is doing as we are here in this like junkyard there is a ton of stuff for you to explore (laughs) um and i think you would have been told that as you were like coming to this place yeah, I think Dale is always on the lookout for things that can sort of augment his designs for his engines. Um, so I think he'd be on the lookout for something to help him like overclock the engine and the airship to make it go faster and be more stable. Um, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'm... If you would like to roll for this, you can. If not, you can also find things because this is part of what you do. Um, 
I, you know, I, I like to say rolling is mostly for things that are sort of emergencies or out of your element, but this is your element. Uh, if you would describe to me, what are some of the things you find slash what are some of the, of the changes you'd like to make to the ship? Would you like to add wings? Would you like to change up any colors or anything for these final few days? Yeah, maybe looking for some um, like more stabilizer fins and things to put less stress on the hull and let it go faster without sort of completely falling apart would probably be good. Um, I think it would be fun to roll for it. Just Oh, as go like ahead. almost like a luck type Beautiful. Yes, thing. no. See if it, it, these things actually exist in this junkyard. Oh, nope, it's a one. <laughs> I Maybe think I with find something I think will be helpful. Yes. And then, I yeah. Yeah, no. I think with the one, I think you don't find exactly what you what you're looking for. You are, Yeah. are trying to find like stabilizers, engine bits. I think you find a, a cobble of weird parts, things that you look like they could be added, could be modified, could be worked on. And I think one of the things you do find in the failure is you do see some wings, but they are absolutely like shredded. Like there are clear holes in them. And so they, they will not do the job, but you've absolutely, I think, find parts like that that are could work, but are destroyed or not currently in repair. I think as, as you were doing all of the searching, I, I'm, I think it is time to get into Ray. As you step into, I think, walk through this almost central area leading into the house, what, what does this house look like? Yeah, it's it's sort of a ramshackle structure. Uh, my maker, his name is Kieran. Um, he was one of those forgetful types where he'd start a project and then like come up with another great idea and then move on to that one. And so there were some things that did get finished and and some things that that sort of didn't. So there's a there's like a portion of the roof that has you know like what looks like a giant telescope coming out of it and. There's some something hanging off the side that looks like it might have been the start of an elevator or something. It's, it's really hard to tell what anything is in this sort of this sort of like wobbly structure. But but you know, looking at it, you know, remembering all the years of him starting to put those things together, um, you know, there's there's some fond memories there, but still that like that simmering resentment underlying, you know, this this search of you know. needing to find him and, and have some some last words with him before before things are over Perfect. Do you do you knock on the door as, as you reach that door? And I think all of these thoughts are swirling in your head as you stand before it. This door is, I think, once again, also ramshackle. And it looks like a stiff enough breeze. But simply push it in. What do you do as you approach it? Uh, yeah, the uh, Ray's intention is to kind of just clatter through it. And I am happy to roll for that. But uh, I don't think you have to. That is how like ramshackle this store is. yeah. So so Ray's I. walking towards it, can see that there's like a hole near near the door jam, and just like shoulders into the room. It's like, Karen, are you here? Almost in the way that the, this this is a grandfather of a man in terms of his his age and temperament. There there's a jump at, at the door, and you see I think a figure before like 
the light really really settles on him. And you see in an older man. He is, I want to say, at this point, probably completely his hair has gone gone gray uh and like white, very salt and pepper. He has a a beard that is a little big but well maintained. Uh there are clear smile lines on his face and clear, I think even more clear like wrinkles both in his Uh, under his eyes and his forehead. He is, uh, you know, uh, considerably aged. And I think there is a jump before there is a look of like, oh, uh, hello, uh, rain clouds. Told you not to call me that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Ray, right? Yes. And like, it's like playing with his hands a little bit. You're uh you're back. Yeah. I I know things are ending soon and I, I had to talk to you one last time before before that happened. I how how could you? How could you you knew you knew how important that was to me and, and I don't care that I can't go back to them and I, I don't care that that having it is killing me. How could you suggest replacing my heart with with something clockwork. There is a, a silence in those, I want to say 10 seconds before the answer. As someone who has maybe played the script or some version of the script in their head a million times before he actually says anything. I, you deserve a better answer than I, I thought I was helping. You, you really do. But I, I look look around you, and I, I think he gestures to the the little tchotchkes, little knickknacks in this thing that are clearly made with clockwork. He gestures to outside. I I, I was considering it a, a, a gift. I wasn't trying to to take anything from you. I was trying to help. This is how how I help. This is what I what I do. Am I am I one of your projects? Like. Yes, these tchotchkes, they're they're wonderful. Everything you helped so many people, but but that was the last thing connecting me to them. And and you suggested I like I know it's dying. And I I'm you were like a father to me. I think at the like at the past tense, there is a, a deep pain that you can visibly see written across his face. You are not a project to me. You, I still consider you like a child. I, I can still consider you a child to me. I, the way I, sh I show my my love, my care is through crafting things and helping things and taking things that that need a little bit of help, not fixing, a little bit of help. And I know things with you know your your family didn't work out and they didn't take too kindly. To, to be the nature of your existence. And I didn't want to take that from you. I just wanted to make sure you would live a long and happy life as possible. And I I, I did what I did not because I, I love you. And I've sat here waiting for a million things to say. But the only thing I can say is that I love you and I'm sorry. And I wanted to help however I could. Um, I, I think I think when when he says I love you, uh, Ray looks like a little a little stricken, like 
he was never someone who was very overtly affectionate in the time that they were living with him and like yeah they understood that he was like you know doing things for them that like would not not just being kind or like you know a, a true level of care but like wasn't sort of neither of them were the sort of people who would sit down and like say that out loud um is this the first time you've heard him say this i think i think so um and you know <laughs> he's like well <laughs> none, of that, none of that really matters now does it you know it's two days until the end I think it's still important that you heard me say it. Even if, trust me, I've had a lot of time to regret and think about the things I could have done better. And I am so sorry and you deserve so much better. But I at least want you to know that in these last few days that you were loved and you are loved. And I never stopped loving and caring about you. And I hoped every day that you were with people who gave you the love and care you deserve. Ray's sort of like almost like on the verge of tears now at this point like sort of mutters like you you had no right but like there's not really there's not really the heart in it as much you know there's not really the vehemence in it anymore it's the the expression of someone who has has sort of said their piece but was expecting more of a, a righteous indignation as a response and not this acquiescence of you know you were right to be angry with me yeah and i i think i think that that comes across for both of you as he finally gets up out of his chair um and like you can see he is also someone who is like time time has passed and he is i think walking with a, a bit more of a, a lo- noticeable amount of slowness there there's a a gate there of you know, time has passed. This isn't like the best living conditions for anyone. And I think he looks at you and he's like, you, I I am sorry that your anger has gone un, uncounted for. And I, 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 I wish I could give you more of that fire and I could fight you, but I have had too much time to understand my failings. And he, he offers a, a a handshake, a hug, a, a hand on the shoulder if you will accept it. But it's completely up to you. Yeah. Um uh Ray Ray sort of like like the, the shoulders kind of slump there, you know, the 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 wind has been kind of knocked out of the sails at this point. It's it was like seeing him again and, and seeing him slightly diminished from the last time they've spoken, it's like you know it's not it's not worth it you know to fight him yeah. and they sort of lean in and rest their forehead against his yeah and i think he holds you and, you know and there is i think both an unspoken pain in this moment that this this version is what life could have been for both of you it could have been happier it could have been one with more acknowledgments of love and care but it didn't in this one and I think both of you have to carry that with you for the last two days. And I think after what feels like forever, he says, I do I do want to give you the heart still, not for you to take or to use, for you to have for whatever purpose you see fit. 
not because I think you need to change anything about yourself, but because I still want you to have a heart made from me as well as the heart that you have from your family. I would And like I, that. and I think despite the ramshackle nature of everything, there is a box that is pristine. The only thing noticeable about it is the, I think, the amount of dust that is uh, sat on it as he like kind of blows and like tries to push it away as you were given this almost like a almost a box of like a um like well-preserved like rose or something like that meant to hold and make sure something is safe and on the on the like inscription at the top it says Ray. I am sorry that I am sorry that your family never accepted your original heart. Hopefully this one will help the pain. And offers you that box. And it is inside there is a clockwork heart. There is still, I think, color like through it of like the energy, uh, of like the the work made for it. And you can feel the like almost me mechanical ticking and be beating of this heart. It's yours, like I said. No questions asked, nothing for you. And what you do with it is your own business. I thank you. Thank you for, for letting me see you one last time. I, I assume you're you're not staying and you have every right to, to go. Yeah, there there are people who need me and, and places we, we still have to see. And Ray reaches over and accepts it. Um, and, and as they sort of turn to go, uh, sort of sheepishly propping the door back into place as they, as they exit, just like potentially out of earshot, uh, says, thank you, dad, very quietly and walks away. Yeah, I think that is, I think, perfect as I feel like Hawk, Sprock, and didn't mean for that to run. Uh, Hawk, uh, Knight, and Sprock all, I think, have had more of a, I don't want to say dealing with that a hangover, but more of a, I think, respectful sort of dealing with this place. This is not a place for them to, you know, cut up in the same way. This is very much a different environment as Ray rejoins the ship. I think Dale comes back as well with, I want to say like the equivalent of a like wagon full of various bits, bobbles, odds and ends. And I, I think we find ourselves here as unless anything has anything, or unless anyone has any plans I would like to do for the rest of this day. I think we sort of take off in hopes of finding Hawks Island. I think when, when Ray walks up like to, to board the ship, I think Sprock is attuned with the fact that their demeanor is a little bit different. And I think just does like a, like a light shoulder pat and just says like, let me like, if, if you need anything, I'm, I'm on the ship. And then just kind of like, like walks away, like doesn't make a big moment out of it. It's just like, Hey, I'm over here. And then goes over there and sits down. Uh, Hawk helps Dale with the parts 
and goes down into the engine room and spends the rest of the day uh, helping fix the ship and doesn't leave until the morning. I, if Dale... If Dale will have him. Yeah, Dale would love the company. And I think he's trying to think of ways, even though he didn't, he's not able to use the parts the way they were initially sort of made to be used. He's trying to figure out ways to help reinforce the engine with them nonetheless. Yeah. Perfect. I also wanted to say, if you would like to roll to see if you can, like, jury-rig stuff yeah. Uh, as well. And Hawk, mm. if you want to roll to, I think, assist yeah, I would in love that. To roll. I, yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, I rolled a two. Okay. okay. <laughs> I got a six on that one. Beautiful. So I think, Hawk, you are eye candy in the nicest way possible. Mm-hmm. You Inspiration. Are, you, are, you, are, you are eye candy this? and you are helping hold things in place while Dale is, like, actually, like, putting the things together. Um, yeah. it's, it's an important job, but it's, I think, the only thing you can handle right now. Um, what you need me to pick this tool up as he turns around and bends over? Yeah, maybe a few of the other ones over in that corner too. Oh, in this corner too. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, uh, what does some of the jury rigging look like for Dale? Or do you want to save that for as we get closer to the initial, like the final ship design? Yeah, well, I think just as like a general thing, like these airships exist. Like that, this engine isn't like something brand like. The concept of an airship isn't brand new, but the engine that Dale is designing is something different and new that is trying to really like supercharge it and make things go really fast, um, as opposed to like the slow sailing that the airships usually do. So that's sort of like his like magnum opus, like what he wants to finish in the last few days. Yeah, I think if we could punch in on your workshop a little bit, uh, is is there like the the concept engine you have been working on sort of sitting there almost like it's missing like two or three like major components, but you feel like you're on the edge of a breakthrough? Yeah, yeah. I think his focus is basically like increasing the like steam pressure or something to make the engine like turn the turbines faster to make the ship go faster, something like that. Okay. Um, and he's just missing a few key parts and there's a few parts that have failed multiple times in his like previous iterations of it. So he's just t- mainly trying to figure out those last key components that can really help um, the airship sort of be the best that it can. Perfect. And I think on, I think on this sort of the more quiet contemplative nights as Dale and Hawk are working and doing other things potentially uh, as I'm curious as what Sprock and Knight are doing as we sort of go into uh, the end of day two. Um, I think Knight would honestly just be kind of like, you know, once we, you know, got back from that excursion and we're we're back on the ship, um, I think Knight's kind of like sitting out on, I guess, like the deck, you know, just wherever he can like see the sky and they have like or like basically like a rolled up cigarette and they're they're kind of just having a smoke because they're trying to keep far away from the others on the ship in case they don't you know yeah the world's ending but not everyone likes to be around smoke of that kind and so he's trying to be respectful um and they're kind of just like watching everything and nothing like everything that you can be that can be seen until it becomes like too dark and then they're kind of just watching the night 
Um, but yeah, they're they're just kind of vibing. And then Sprock, and then we will go into day two. Yeah, I think Sprock is just kind of like I'm gonna say like making like a small amount of rounds, just like hopping over, seeing night smoking and trying to be reserved and away from everybody and like kind of wanders off from there. Like I would say like briefly walks down to the engine room, kind of pops their head in for a second and goes, closes the door, heads back up. Like I'm not entirely sure. I think they're trying to fix the ship. They might also be peacocking a bit and I don't want to impede on that. Um, and I think does like a round where like wherever Ray is, kind of just like walks close enough to be in eye contact or like visual distance, but not close enough to intrude unless Ray like made a motion of some sort. Um, but mostly kind of, I think Sprock is like doing a round of like Sprock is very attuned with the vibes and the energy of the ship. And clearly the vibes from last night to tonight are different. And so it's a round of, I'm kind of just checking in on folks to see how everyone is and if they need me in a capacity that is more than just my bag of party tricks. But like, do they need someone at this moment um, and but won't intrude on anybody? Because I think they know that it's been like a hard day, especially for Ray, um, even if they've not talked about it, like it's still. Emotionally visible that the day like they've come back having resolved something. Yeah. And yeah, I think Ray, I think the last thing before day two ends is I think you may be contemplating the heart a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, we, we've got not a whole lot of time left and, and this final reminder, just kind of sitting, staring at it, staring at the inscription, thinking about all the years that, you know, I spent with Kieran and and thinking about you know all the times that that you know he would show me a new invention that was you know just just a silly little bird or something that he'd made just you know for 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 fun and and the joy in his face and seeing that and and kind of imagining him putting this together um you know something of this magnitude really beyond the scope of things that he would normally try to do and and knowing that this probably took him a significant amount of time and and feeling a little bit touched by that but also you know conflicted again that he went ahead with it when we'd had so many arguments about about him even considering the idea all right and i think on that more somber more melancholic denouement we end at, or day two um, here we are. Uh, we're back at uh, day three. And I think almost breaking apart from everything we have seen, early in the morning, the the ship begins to dive under the clouds as we are seeing land for the first time. We are seeing water almost. The sun is so violently beautiful in this moment as you can see the way that light is bouncing off of the water, the waves, as you see the ship land almost in, I think, an abandoned like field of sugarcane. It is kind of grown untended, uncared for, because 
there's not really a lot of time to, to process it, to deal with it right now. So, you know, let's, it got planted, no time to worry about it. As we see, the is it the entire crew coming with Hawk? Yeah, I want everyone to come with Beautiful. me because I want them to, I want them to stay at the house if they want. I want them to get a home cooked meal. Even if she's mad at me, my mother will not turn these people away. She will feed them. <laughs> and and I'm bringing everyone together. I want Ray to see my grandfather's garden. I want to bring everybody home. Beautiful. And I think as as you are sort of walking up, I think you even say the like the the thing about making sure you're all fed as you are like walking up this dirt road, as you see, I think the trees like blowing slightly in the breeze as there is sort of this I think already the smell of breakfast and I want to say almost in the way that you know we are taught from our parents it is a very familiar smell you'll smell something very very similar to it uh yesterday morning as it is another poor man's breakfast this one just with a hint more you know the parents aren't necessarily great at giving teaching the every step of the way they cook something, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. As you approach the house. And what does the family home look like? Uh, the family home is just a one-story cement uh, a building with a arcade around it with Corinthian columns. Uh, it's been probably been whitewashed. Uh, uh, or maybe not, you know? Like, it, I haven't been here in years, so... I think what you see is it's usually painted, but like age just started to wear away at it. You see a little bit of mold on the sides, um, uh, a big garden, like uh, with a massive tree with a bird feeder, uh, a papaya tree, uh, just all of this, just like, it's like a little horticulture corner, but it's empty. No chickens in the chicken coop. No birds in the bird feeder. Where there should be bushes is just grass and clover, carefully trimmed and tended to. Some wild herbs growing in the ground. Uh, it's just very like, this looked like there was more, but it's just kind of quiet now hammock between two uh of the pillars in the very corner perfect and i think as you reach the door i don't think you even get a chance to knock i think as you, you stand there and do you hesitate uh, in front of it at all no no actually i'm almost running okay Perfect. I, so fast. I'm opening that door. Yeah, I think. I don't, I don't care if she's mad. I think you almost, you beat her to the door by a little bit. You 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 have you have a little bit of, of age and speed on her as mm -hmm. you just open the door. And I think there is almost cross arms as she's looking. How big is Hawk? Like height wise? How tall is he? Oh, I think I said he was 6'4". Okay, beautiful. Like, tall, she is way legs. smaller than that. Yeah. And I think she, like, looks up at you, arms crossed, and says, didn't, didn't, uh, 
didn't wipe your shoes before you walked in. I made breakfast. Go make a plate. We'll talk about everything later. And introduce me to your friends. Yes, yes. Mommy, this is Ray. This is uh, Dale. He's a great engineer, just like Boppy was. Uh, this is my friend Knight. Uh, just managed to escape a really, really bad uh, church. You know, like whatever spiritual advice you can offer, Knight is here. And then uh, this is Sprock. Look at Sprock. Look how handsome Sprock is. And just, we're just, yes, we're going to have breakfast. And I pull everyone into the home. And then I immediately, like, whatever help my mother needs to speed things up in the kitchen to feed everyone, I just sort of fall back into line. Yeah. And I think despite the amount of time that has passed, things you've done certain things so much in your life that it's muscle memory, right? There are certain things where like, she's like, pass me that spice. And you know exactly where it is. It has not moved in 40 years. It, she always keeps them right here. These, these five right here in this exact order, right? And I think there is a lot of that feeling as you are making this breakfast. And I think there you can hear the music playing. So... Is it is it loud? Is it I it how loud is the is the music playing as she's cooking? It is just loud enough that she can hear the lyrics, but not so loud that we can't talk to each other while we're both in the kitchen. Something that's uh, a very fine art. Uh she has like an old like uh I don't, I'm not really sure. We're like steampunk, right? I think she a record like a player record can still player. exist. Yeah, no, no. She's got a little record player. I was going to say tape player, but then I was just <laughs> like, no, she has like a record player because all the radio stations are spotty right now. So she's listening to, to records. Perfect. And yeah, I think as you were going, as you were cooking, as you are grabbing things, she is... I think in between grabbing and thing or in between her asking you for a thing, I think she doesn't badger, but she'll, she'll ask a question every, every now and again. Mm -hmm. So she'll yeah. be like, so what, uh, what brings you back? Mommy. There's only a few days left. I think as she continues, she goes, yeah, and it's the last day. Took your time a little bit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a jerk. I'm a terrible son. My God, I'm the worst son in the world. And I, I, I think... I came to see my mother in the last day on earth. Sorry, Mom. I think she had been trying to keep up this this armor. She's trying to keep up, I think, a bit of anger because anger is easier than processing. Yeah. And I think at you immediately breaking down the amount of time that you've had to, to resent, to be upset. In this moment, does any of that really matter? As she, I think, cups your face and, like, pulls you down to get a kiss on the forehead and she's like i've missed you and the family has missed you and and i think she can't even skid anything more than that before she starts crying and she i think she just 
like buries her her face in your chest and like holds you tight. I just very carefully hold her small frail form. Just she looks just so small and so thin. Here we are at the end of the world. no time for apologies and his voice is like a, the voice of a labor organizer like the compartmentalization of activism is just sort of overwhelming him and there's a softness behind that coldness yeah And then he just falls silent. And then he can't speak. He's just happy to be home. I think that is the the general sensation between both of you. I, there is years and years and years of words that need to be said and could have been said and should have been said. But in this moment, I think that matters. Is Despite the fact the world is ending, you made it home and you made it back to her. And I think... In some ways, that is the conf the confirmation that, despite everything, there is always love there. And I think it was the reaffirmation of love that I think she needed. As she... She just, like, says there's so many, there's so many notes and letters for you from the, the family. They... They all went on a, on a trip out on the water for, for the last day, and they'll be back later tonight, but they wanted to... I wanted to stay here. Because I needed to, I needed to see if you were to come, if you were going to come home. And I'm glad you did. And I'm still mad, uh, but there's not enough time for me to be mad at you. So you, you're lucky. You're lucky today. And I think she gives you like a little pop on the arm, as that is all the all the strength she can muster. I think to 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 be angry in this moment, it does not matter enough. I, as she says, well, let's get some food because. Yeah. You you look a little small. I'll be honest. You're not as big. You look a little small. And, yeah, well, and, and you need to introduce me to your friends and we can't a be crying in here. diet. No. Exactly. Not. Doesn't does not pay does not pay even for enough grocery. There's no tears in the apocalypse. What are we doing here? Exactly. So time for crying. We need to eat. Exactly. There's food to be made, food to be had, and we need to you need to introduce me to all your friends. We are bad uh, host crying in front of everyone. <laughs> and I think she helps whip up plates for everybody. And I don't think in the nicest way possible, if I think the portions are all a little too big for everyone. <laughs> I, and I, I don't think you get to argue down about that. I think you all accept that you're going to get more food. And I think she looks at you, right? Of like, do you like, and she just like gives you a plate but is not certain if you do have the capacity to eat it. So I think yours is, I think, the closest to a small portion. This is wonderful. Thank you. Mmm, <laughs> fresh plantain. From water. But yes, I think she takes time to ask about all of you. Um, and unless anything has anything they would like 
the say specifically to Hawk or uh, his mother, I think what you see is almost what what life was like for Hawk before he left. There is laughing. There is, I think, slight arguments and uh, the the occasional joke where you're like, "Mom, now don't know. We don't don't say that." Uh, that sort of thing of like your the relationship with your mother. There, there's love, but there's always a little bit of a gap just because you're different people. You follow different interests, and I think, despite everything, at near the end of your trip here, the end of your time here, I think Hawk is the last one to leave as everyone gets back on the ship, and I think she even gives you, I I I think she gives you like to like some food to go as well. Um, as Hawk is the last one on, I think she she holds him back yeah. for a little bit. I'm... Uh, I grip her arm. I'm taking another big swing. Come with me. Let me show you the sky. It's always been me and you since Dad died. No one else in the family treated you with any kind of respect. They all left. They went to the ocean. Yo quiero enseñar cielo. For those who don't speak Spanish, that translates to, I want to show you the sky. Please come with me. I think... I, I think she, she smiles, and there are a little bit of tears, um, and she's like, okay, um... Help me, help me get my good clothes. I, I need, I need my good outfit for, for this. Okay, okay, okay. And I rush. Yeah. I rush. I help her get her Sunday best. I, I grab like the emergency, uh, hurricane kit, uh, and uh, that I know has like emergency medication and clothes, everything she's gonna need for one last day together. Beautiful. And I'm bringing my mom with me to the ship. I think she also makes sure you grab the, the record player as well. The little, like, I, th yeah. I think it also functions a radio, but it's mostly a record player. As, yeah. as she, she wants to make sure she has her music with her, too. Yeah. And, I yeah, I think almost as, as I think moments as the music sort of overwhelms the scene, as you see her getting uh, helped on the ship, as sort of you show her, I think, the quarter's, I think you've always had like a guest room that has seldom gone unused. Um, like as she she sets her stuff up here, as she sits, I think in a in a nice little chair. I think if you if I think she has a chair in your house that you brought on ship with you. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. like, and I think she sits in it comfortably as like it you take off into the sky. I think she I think there's almost a moment and like a little tear as she she I think she gets it. I think she understands in this moment why there was more to more to life for you than this island, more to life for you than just being home. And she's, I, I don't think she can really speak as to what she needs to say, as I think she cries silently to herself and then holds your hand very tightly with, with so much enormity of love and complication. But the thing that matters most is the love. And yeah, I think who wants to who wants to go next after that?
after we all cry a little bit after that moment. Oh my gosh. Of course, give yourself time to cry. This is part oh, of the experience. That was so good. Oh my gosh. I, I, I wasn't necessarily saying that night needs to go next. I just, that was just beautiful. Yeah, but if anyone has anything they would like to do for this last day, please uh, go ahead. Um, I mean, I guess night can't go. Um, <laughs> I didn't see anyone else unmute. Um, I could see night. Um, like he would very much help in getting Hawk's mom kind of like situated on the on the ship. He's if nothing if not a southern gentleman, so he's going to <laughs> to help with doors, help with carrying, help with moving. Um. But doesn't say a lot. He's actually just mostly watching Hawk and his mom as kind of like a, this is the first time he's peered into another person's relationship with their mother. And it's kind of this like, this is what it could be like. You know? Like, is almost like hurt? that it's like it can just be like this um so he probably would like give hawk and his mom you know time um and might just kind of be like idly like wandering the ship um could see him maybe bumping into like sprock at some point since sprock is always like you know chatting with everybody and helping everybody out um and since Sprock was such a, a lovely friend and offered drugs the first night they were together, um, I think Knight might kind of like pull out his like pack of of smokes and be like, "Want to go up to the deck with me? H have have a smoke." Sprock's like, "Hell yeah, let's light him up!" All right, let, let's go. Um, and so like he pulls like he would just walk up to the deck and would like kind of do that thing where he's leaning against the edge so he like offer like op opens the box and offers uh a smoke a little hand rolled cigarette but probably like a clove cigarette mm -hmm. if, so he offers like a clove cigarette to sprock yeah sprock would take one in whatever lighter situation yeah. we have going on yeah um, just and they would kind of like be leaning up against the the ship and at this point like are we like back up we think we're back up in the air at this point yes i so think okay. you are in there but you haven't quite flown over the cloud layer okay so i think i think the sprock just says like this like huge drag on the cigarette mm -hmm. um probably like like even you knight who is seems like a habitual smoker like this is a yeah. very like like big like oh that feels good <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can feel it. I can feel it so deep in the lungs. Oh, if I wasn't going to die tomorrow, I'd be really concerned about a lot of things right now, but. <laughs> uh, I think that night would give like a little chuckle and go, yeah, I always told myself I'd quit, but with the world ending, I kind of figured what's the point. <sighs> what exactly are you trying to get out of this trip, Sprock? I think the Sprock just lean like kind of leans over matching uh whatever like the stance that you've taken and just like yeah. leaning over watching the sky. Um 
just like, I just wanted, just wanted to feel something one last time, you know, like I was with people and everyone was just like down and it was like, oh, the world's ending. Like, let's just cry it out for the next like three weeks. Let's not do anything. Let's not go anywhere. And I just, I just felt like I just needed to, to live. Like my job was boring before this. I didn't do anything. And like, I mean, I know it come off as like the big partier because I was the one that brought the drugs, but I never really did stuff before. You know, like I always wanted to do things. I wanted to try stuff or go explore or experiment or do something. And I just never did. And so if I go out on a giant airship in the sky in the middle of the night, well, not 100% sober. I finally did something. Honestly, I think you I feel like you've done a lot these last few days. I More just, than just the drugs. I just, you know, I I was always like the friend that everyone like went to. I was like the responsible one. So like I, you know, old habits and yada yada and always keep an eye on people. Uh, I think Ray's doing better, by the way. I think they're doing all right. Uh, Hawk will be good, too. I know that there was a lot of crying earlier. But I think everyone's good. I know your family situation is a little bit more uh, non-traditional than <laughs> others. But yeah. like, what are you, what are you getting out of all this? Well, um, my, my, my non-traditional family, as, as you put it, um, it had a structure. Everyone had their place. Everyone had their their job, their duty in the family, in the group. Um, and as the announcement for the end of days happened, and that was something that's been being claimed for a long time, but this time my dad got freaked out by it. I think that was kind of when I realized that I, I don't know. It, it made me doubt the validity of the previous times considering how excited he always acted with the previous calls for the end of the world. And then the one time it came from an outside source. All structure dissolved. And people were Coming closer together, people were leaving, people were running off. And I I ran off. I couldn't take the loss of, of structure and everything else. And so I just decided, fuck it. I'll see what I can while I can. Because I never got to before, you know. I think Sprox had like another like big drag on this on the, the clove, mm -hmm. which like he's like smelling like I once upon a time smoked cloves for a little bit. Yeah. And like that smell like it's just like that like that citrusy tobacco smell yep. just like hits the yep. nose and he's just like, 
Oh, he goes, well, look at you now. Up in an airship. We're just flying around. I think I gave you drugs the other night. That's got to be did. a big departure from your your churchy upbringing. It definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, the only thing that was really allowed was. Dark colored wines. Um, and I, I normally wasn't allowed to drink it, though, because. Uh, I needed to remain in control of myself and my well, actions at all times, uh, kind of gestures to, like, the mask. Um, you so see Sprock kind of, you see Sprock kind of leaning and be like, listen, I ain't gonna tell you to take your mask off, because it's, it, that's your thing. I just, I just want you to know, I, I think, maybe, that some of that churchiness got into you about the face. Your face is probably fine. If you took that off, Probably fine. I'm not asking you to take it off. You do you. I just want oh. you to know if you wanted to, if you know, it's probably fine. No one's, I mean, we're going to die anyway. So, uh, I mean, that's true. No, my, my face itself is, is fine, like looks wise. I'm, I'm sure if you looked at me, I'd look fine, but <sighs> growing up, uh, being the, the child of the leader you're kind of there for all the important decisions you know you're you're there for whatever the call you know whatever calls the boss you're there and he realized when i was young that i had a ability that if my face is shown that well whoever looks at it besides my my parents uh, whoever looks at it is cursed to basically die, die, die horribly and <laughs> I mean last time I took it off just brains out the back of the head <laughs> it was it was bad um to the point my dad started kind of just having me come around it's like oh well if if you don't tell me what you want we want to know then we'll have little knight here take off his mask and people usually talked so it's i figured that it'd be nicer to just not risk that to people who have been so kind to me um i i don't want to i don't want to risk giving y'all anything more to suffer for like takes another big drag on this area like you know i like you do you like i mean again a lot of churchy stuff happening i've seen some of the churchy things that people do Validity always questionable. It's like the pink sparkly pill versus the purple sparkly pill. We don't know the validity of which one's the good one. And if they're real, it could have been Tic Tacs. I don't know. Strong I just wanted ass. you to know that before, before the, before you know, checks like the proverbial watch is like, you know, the next eh, few hours. Let your face free if you feel like it. And if I die, I was gonna die anyways. And then kind of just like a pat on the back, like I just gave this most sage advice in the world. Yeah. yeah. And I've done a really good job. And then like was like, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go walk around and check in on people. But uh I appreciate the the clove cigarette and uh you know, however you want to spend the last night, you you let us all know. Um I we, we got we got whatever we need. Uh, 
quick question before you go. Yeah. This may sound... And he's, like, not looking at you right now. He's, like, staring over the edge of the ship. Um, mm -hmm. He's kind of curled down on himself. Maybe looks a little embarrassed. Um, and is like, so you and Hawk and you and... I don't know. It is... Are people, like, dating on the ship? Like, what's... I mean, dating's a really strong word, I think, to throw around at this point. Okay, um, yeah, end of the world, but... Like, did I have um, mm, the sexual intercourse with Hawk? Did you have relations with that I had relations man? with that man. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that he had relations with Dale. Um, I have not had relations with Dale yet. Nor with Ray. I don't know if that works. Being a tree. Cogs. Again, end of the world. I'll try whatever once. But I think, you know, end of the world, different people express themselves in different ways. And I said I wanted to feel stuff. And that's a way to feel something. Um, and I don't mean that fully in the physical sense. But there's something about it that you just feel alive a little bit more. And so sometimes that's how people process overwhelming trauma and grief guess i hadn't considered it that way i've um never really gotten to explore any of that myself so i was just curious um never mind never mind uh thanks for humoring me uh, i'm gonna have another cigarette and <laughs> he like just pulls out and he finishes that one cloak with a massive hit like just a big drag mm -hmm. uh before he pulls out another one yeah and then sprock just like prances off and is like yeah. all right i'm gonna go check in on people all right and in this moment like i said we have enough time to i think put a small that small scene between night and uh, Hawk, if you want to do that, and then we'll continue as as on. All right, yeah, because I know that Hawk asked to see Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my I think my thing was just kind of setting it like just it was Sprock oh, yeah. being like, you know, if I die because you took it off, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die anyway. I'm gonna die well, except I... in three hours anyways. Whatever, fuck it. Yeah. I love Sprock. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Night, you find Hawk taking a moment to himself um yeah. his, i think his mom is taking a little bit of a nap uh just kind of resting a little bit uh, before you know the end and yeah. yeah i think you find hawk taking a moment yeah he kind of like awkwardly shuffles in because like while he's not short like he's probably like five seven five eight so it's like yeah. you know, but in comparison to hawk <laughs> he looks short it's like he doesn't actually look like a grown man uh anymore because of just yeah. the height difference uh yeah but yeah he kind of like awkwardly stumbles in and it's just like you know um how's how's your mom doing doing great thanks for all of your help of course i was i was glad that she could come with us it better than better than her being alone well clock is ticking Ain't it always. You, you mentioned, um, yesterday morning, um, yeah. Asking to, to 
have me take my mask off and, and yeah part of why I ran from home at the announcement of everything was so I just once just once I want to be seen for me I've always been kind of just seen as my dad's little tool and um, I, I figured if I could find some new people <laughs> at the end of the world the world's ending anyway um, yeah I, I want uh, can, mm -hmm. can I and like they, he he just sort of just very gently, hawk gently raises his hands, like right at the right level where it would be to like unhook the mask from around yeah. your ears. He, you don't have to do it. I can do it for you. Yeah, Knight's hands are shaking. He kind of clasps them over his chest and just, ah, uh, uh, just to let you know, the la last person who uh, saw saw me without my. Mascot there. I don't need to. I don't. I don't. I don't need to know. I don't need to know. Oh. And he reaches up. Oh, sorry. No. And just no. does undoes the the loops, and like gently and doesn't look. Doesn't mm. look. Looks down, and folds the mask in half, and just very reverently, uh, puts it in his pocket so it's not on the ground mm -hmm. and dirty, and then, still not meeting the gaze, like looking up. You know, so this is as easy as possible for Knight. Mm -hmm. So I don't look Knight in the face until the last possible moment to 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 give Knight the strength to breathe through it. You know? Yeah. And just takes the goggles off and very carefully puts them on around his own neck over his goggles. And then puts his hands gently on the sides of Knight's face and then looks and his face is like mostly human. Um, his eyes have clearly been augmented. Um, they glow a little bit. Um, he's got like a little like what looks to be like a plate. Maybe something happened to his jaw. Um, but mm -hmm. freckled, you know, just looks a little gangly. Um, looks like a nerd. Um, little shaggy hair, bags under the eyes, but he's just a guy. You know, and he stand and his eyes go wide with panic, but nothing happens. There you are, Peter. Uh, well, Did you ever, ever watch that old Peter Pan movie? I, I think so. Um, and he very awkwardly like puts a hand on. Hawk's face, like on Hawk's hand, um, and it's just like, uh, and you can feel the shakes. You can feel the shakes. It's just like, no one, no one's touched my face before. He starts tearing up. Well, now someone has, and Hawk leans in, very carefully. And plants a very soft kiss 
giving Knight more than enough time to pull back. Knight grabs holds of Hawk's shirt a little bit, like leans into it, and it's like kind of his other hand is like still holding, like holding Hawk's hand on his cheek. And as he holds the kiss, you can kind of hear the little hicks of, as he starts to cry into it, as he holds into it. And then he like awkwardly pulls away and he starts to sob, which he then does into Hawk's chest. As he realizes he could have done this this whole time. And now you've been kissed. And he just holds tight and just until he kind of cries it all out. Um, and then he pulls back and he's just kind of like feeling his face and he's like, I'm gonna go to the deck and um, feel the wind for a little bit. And he's gonna lean up and like, get like a little on his tippy toes to make himself a little taller and give like a little kiss on Hawk's cheek and then just awkwardly as fuck gonna scuttle out of the room. <laughs> Perfect. And I think as you are taking a moment to feel the wind on your face um, for, for the first time truly free we will cut to Ray to see how they have been, I think, handling this last day. Um, I think especially after getting back from visiting um, and Ray has been spending a lot of time in the crow's nest, kind of thinking about things, staring down into that box and, and trying to decide what to do. And, you know, does that half second thing of like, having that thought of just pitching it overboard and forgetting about it and, you know, not kind of worrying themselves about it unless last, you know, a couple, couple of minutes, couple of hours, however long it is. Um, and finally sort of, sort of like nods to themselves and reaches over like to their shoulder, digs their fingers in and, and sort of pulls the, the like patch of wood there back and you know if you were to be looking in you would see that there's like sort of like green sap sort of flowing underneath um and a couple of gears around the edges of it and then really down into the center there there's like this wood that's a little bit blackened almost looking a little bit rotted um and and you know if you were an arborian, um, arborian you would know that this is this is the heartwood and it is clearly going rotten, um, and you know kind of kind of looking in the box, um, they they take it take the heart out. Definitely not going to be installed the way that it was intended to. It sort of tangles it in next to the wood, um, smooths everything back into place, and and goes down onto the deck to join everyone else at the railing. I think as you insert that heart, you can feel almost for a second before it fully settles, like the two hearts beating, one natural beating with the life of the, uh, of, of uh, one beating with the natural life that you have had, that you have. It is, I think, slightly pained in a way as it is rotting and, and hurts. And another one more mechanical, but steady a sort of much like a, a watch like a second hand ticking with precision 
and and together i think they almost feel feel like they clash before they take a moment to settle as the rhythm sort of finds itself as you manage to exist with both of these hearts in you and i think the other thing that happens with this heart as which is a little message just you can hear it and only you as before you return to the, the deck which is i think one more quiet i love you that you can hear And it hangs long enough, and it's just for you in this moment. And I think underneath where you lift that heart out of the box, there is just a, uh, I think just another, I, I know this isn't what you wanted, but I wanted to make sure you had a part of me on the inside of that, uh, the box you were given. And as you return to deck, as we are getting closer and closer to seeing the sky, I think we cut over to Dale. As you've been working and inserting the, these bits, take it away. Yeah, I think he's, um, Dale has been kind of hyper-focused on trying to get this done, and he thinks it's pretty much at the point where it's done and ready to be tested. It's not perfect, but I think he's sort of accepted that sometimes things can't be perfect and you have to just allow them to be the best that they can be. Um, and once he puts the finishing touches on this latest prototype and installs it into the airship's engine, he'll um, head up to the deck to let everyone know yeah. that we're ready for the test. I think... I think a few things happen simultaneously. I think part of the reason why we haven't stored it to the clouds is because you were working on this. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure it was good before you start flying uh, higher. But I, I think as you are getting ready to finally test this out, it goes, the, the, the record player that has been playing, I think, ambiently in the background sort of cuts in, letting you know that we are here at the, the last the last few minutes, and I will read this pretty verbatim. It's been called all over. It's been confirmed. The sun has already exploded. It'll take a few minutes for it'll, for that light to, to go out and for it to reach the world. Everyone has one last vignette. Everyone has as much time as they need for this vignette. And then I will take it away with one final monologue. But before we actually get into those vignettes, do you want to roll for the, the engine? Or do you sure. want it to just to just go? We can roll for it. See okay. how it works. I got a five. Beautiful. That's uh do you want to describe any of the additions you put on the ship? Yeah, I think I added um just some things to aid the aerodynamics and in the engine itself uh basically like a double boiler type thing to increase the pressure for the steam without it exploding um the goal being not only to make it faster and more efficient but also to be able to go high enough to see when like the the material from the sun hits the atmosphere and um creates like 
what I assume would be like an aurora borealis over like the entire sky. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And I think as you kind of take it away and you sort of are finally here to test and everyone's here, Hawk, your, your mother has uh, woken up and she's in her Sunday best. And she looks so, I, I don't think you, she, she has so much energy for this last moment. She mustered all that she can for this. As I think the wings deploy, those ones you found earlier, sewn and stitched together, I think even one small little patch added from, from, from Hawk's mother to this wing, just as a little sign of thanks. I, I think as the, the fire of this engine, instead of being that normal like red, I think it's multiple swirls of color as these different experimental parts, normally not built for this, all of these disparate pieces come together in this last moment as the fire burns brighter than you've ever seen it. And there's a second where it hitches. And then you move so much faster and you cut through the sky with zero interference and you are soaring and it is beautiful. And you see far below you the clouds that are normally just slightly, slightly within reach. But this time you are flying so much higher and it, it's so beautiful. The stars feel like you could pull them out of the sky right now. And the sun, these are colors you've never seen, you'll never see again, as there's so much swirling and happening, as this light is getting bigger and brighter, and you know it'll be there soon. But that is not what you're worried about. In these last few minutes, the five of you have each other, the six of you, including Hawk's mother. And what is everyone's last thing they do? It's a heavy question, so who wants to go first? I think I just want to stand at the like bow of the ship with every with as many people as want to be up there and sort of just like watch it all come at us. Beautiful. Do you say anything? I don't think so. I think it's pretty quiet overall. Is is it satisfaction? Definitely. Is... Yeah. He definitely knows he like is going faster than anyone has before, basically, in an airship. No one has done this before. Yeah. And there's almost a beautiful irony in that in these last minutes, you have you have made something that no one else will ever be able to see or prove. But it yeah. is yours, and you will hold it in your heart. Who wants mm -hmm. to go next? Take it away. I'm going to go to the bow of the ship with my mother. Uh, right next to Dale so that Dale can put his arm around me if he wants to. And I'm just going to hold my mom. And uh, as the colors come closer, I am going to turn my mom around and put my forehead on hers. So the last thing she sees is me. And I think the last thing you hear from her is Miho Tayama. And I think she just holds you tight and, and close and almost in a reverse of the, the embrace of a mother and a son. It, you are the bigger one now. You're so much bigger than her. But there's still the same type of warmth as you two have this moment, as all of you have this moment. Who's next?
rock is gonna like i feel like i'm gonna like i see kind of the impending doom lurching toward us um and i i look over at night and i was like remember that first day when you tried and you had the baby training wheels i'm gonna show you how it's done i want to pull my board out from behind like off my back i want to hop on it and i'm going to ride straight into the sun as it's coming towards us like my arms are going to be outstretched like letting out like the loudest scream that my body is capable of letting me give out and just and at some point during it like the like i feel like i even just like let off the board like i don't even care if i'm on the board itself like i'm just kind of free falling for a second as i like lurch in toward the inevitable yeah i think everyone on the ship hears almost like one last declaration not that you were dying but that you have lived one last scream into the sky to say that i have been here and i have left my mark as you fly and you soar beautifully towards the light and i think as you sort of let off the board and almost in this moment before the sun comes for you it feels like you are not falling but you are floating you are one with the sky and it is so beautiful for you as the sun is heading towards you, as those beautiful colors swirl at you. And I think in this moment, there is no one will ever get to say they've done this before, but you have, Sprock. And next we go over to Knight. Yeah, when when Knight watches Sprock, like at first there's like this brief moment of like, in his head, it's like, wait, no, don't do that. That's dangerous, right? You know, after so long. But... Before he can say anything, he realizes, like, well, now's the perfect time, right? And so, before Sprock, before Sprock takes off, I think Knight actually takes off his cowboy hat and puts it on Sprock's head. For him to fly off with. And just is like, you know, go get him, Tiger, you know? before he takes off you know and night watches you know for the first time he can see everyone not being obstructed by the goggles and the mask and it feels like everyone around him is like more real because they're not between this like haze right they're really truly in front of him and this is the first time in his entire life that he's been able to like actually feel like he can connect with people and there's like yeah there's a bit of guilt and frustration and anger on like i could have had this this whole time you know like i believed that something terrible would happen and to a degree he still does you know ocd's a bitch like that you can prove it wrong but it's still gonna it's still gonna you know wrestle in your head but getting to just look at everyone see the moment like that Sprock has in the sky, see Dale like proud of his work and see Hawk with his mother. And I think that Knight would kind of step over towards Ray for a moment. And it's just like, you know, I know we didn't talk much, but I'm, I'm really glad that you were here during all this. 
kind of wish we could have gotten to know each other better, but I'm glad you're here. I as well. It's it's nice to finally see you. It's nice to be seen. Um and I th I think in the in the moments before crossing the deck to to meet up with everyone else and just slightly before this, um Ray puts a hand over their over that patch of their shoulder that they'd uh put the put the heart into and says one last time. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. And, you know, reaching the others and, and kind of bringing Knight along uh, pulls up some of the last vestiges of the magic that they were born with and uh, stretches out an ivory tendril to, to everyone, kind of encasing them in, in a little bit of greenery, last festive decoration for, for our, the last few moments. Oh. I imagine Knight kind of pulls people into like almost like a group hug with this tendril, you know? It's like just letting everyone bond, except for Sprock, who's screaming in the sky. But honestly, he deserves that moment. Let him have that. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think almost in this in this moment, if I if I can am I allowed to take it from here? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I think in this moment there is a feeling of connectivity. I think even as Sprock is flying, you all have a piece of each other. You have all left your mark on each other. I think, if I may, in Sprock's pocket, there's still just a little bit of that cigarette they rolled up using using Ray. In in the little ways we are we are all connected and together. As you soar into the unknown, the sky gets bigger and the sun gets brighter and brighter and turn until it turns into a almost a ball of white light coming at you. And in this moment, for a split second, there's fear. But I think as you feel each other entwined, holding each other's hands, arms around each other in hugs, in moments of love, I think the overwhelming feeling that takes over even the fear is the love that you all have for each other and the connections you managed to make in these last few days together. And as you go into that great unknown, Love will see you on the way out. And that has been When the Sun Dies. Thank you all so much. I I will check in with my lovely players after the uh, the end of this recording, but thank you for listening. And thank you all for being here. And thank the five of you for joining in this game. And I hope you had a good emotional moving time. Yes. And, uh yeah, I what what do we do for the uh the ending things here? All right, Ooh. so we finished the game. We, there were there were tears. It was great. Did I our check in. We did a, we get we did a, a brief little check in. Um, I Ooh. will once again <sighs> on this um on the pod publicly, and I will say it on Twitter. I'm sure a million times. Dare just again, thank you so much for coming and sharing your game with us sharing the space with us and I think giving us all some, some space to have this kind of a story. Um, Cause I think it's always a big risk. And I think having somebody who created the space where I think everyone felt good to go in the directions that we all went um, really is a testament, I think to your storytelling and, and all of that. So again, thank you for letting us have the space to, to be part of this adventure. Um, so I will, as always uh, folks, if you'd like to, 
if you'd like to plug socials or things coming up, um, I will go down the line. Reverse orders. We'll start with Casper. If you would like to be found on the internet, where can one find you? So you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet by looking up either Casper Oliver or Casper Oliver VO for voiceover. Um, I am in podcasts. I do tabletop RPGs. I do drag. I do all sorts of stuff. You can find it all on my uh, link tree. And you can also find almost all of my work through uh, Fesperience Productions, which uh, often retweets, you know, the queer XP posts. So you might have seen us on your feed. Um, but we're an indie queer activism and artistry team based in rural Oregon. Uh, so we create all sorts of fun gay art um, with a disabled pagan twist on a lot of things as well. So that's where you can find us. Um, and then uh, this is Richard. Um, I'm not really on social media much these days, but I hang out in Eric's Discord a lot, usually chirping in the books and tabletop or the TV and movies channels. If, an so. if anyone says Brandon Sanderson, it's Richard is pre you summon him. He's present. <laughs> yeah. So find me on, Dis in on Discord if you want to chat or play games or anything. But other than that, that's where you can find me. All right, Hector. All right, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet at Keiichi Okami. Uh, on very much, I'm usually on Discord, but uh, please check out my stuff whenever I have a new show. I'm always like updating and posting, and you know, don't be afraid to send me a DM if you like my stuff. I'd love to play games with you. Lex. Awesome. I'm also not very on the internet, um, but you can find me on other episodes of this podcast, uh, including The Exceptionals, Inc. and Camp Kingdom Come. So if for some reason you haven't listened to those yet, go back and listen to them because they're all a hoot. Right. If you want, if you want a good game about some religious trauma, Camp Kingdom Come, Summer Bible Camp oh, at the End of the World. That was fun. I was fun. about to say, <laughs> Summer Bible Camp at the End of the World. Yep. What in the sleep away? That was so <laughs> fun. And and dare where can people find? I know you'd like to be found on the internet because you have things to sell. Where can people I, find I, you? Yeah. And, and where can people give you money? As someone who uh, has the opposite of not online, I have posters disease. Uh, hi, uh, I am everywhere on the internet. You can find me pretty much anywhere at Dare to Dream RPG. That is D A R E, the number two D R E A M RPG. Uh, specifically, I will shout out my itch.io. That is Dare to Dream RPG. Itch.io where you can find When the Sun Dies alongside the other games I've written, which include many more about the end of the world. Uh, um, that includes my, my game uh, Walking Twilight, a, a guide to after the end about experiencing sort of your final, like key mo moments and memories after you've already passed on. Um, Strangers to Lovers, a game about chance encounters and sincere goodbyes, uh, sort of having a lost in translation style, like romance situation over a very short amount of time and if you want something that's completely different uh a silly one if you will uh check out to all those i've hurt uh a game of digital apologies which is a love letter parody and send up of youtuber apology videos so <laughs> you know yes. i i, I have <laughs> give dare your money give uh, them your money all those i've hurt <laughs> but yes oh my god um, thank you so much for listening once again and uh, in terms of actual play stuff, 
you can find me um at tabletop titties uh that is uh titties with two d with two d's uh that is a a queer uh tabletop show composed of people of marginalized genders where i am gming titties by night our it's my first time actually gming a whole game uh that is our urban shadows campaign that is still pretty fresh and new so please check that out and then of course if you want to check my backlog transplanter rpg uh all trans uh people of color led tabletop actual plays led by the incomparable connie chong uh the second stranger check it out or check out uh chaos their new season transplanter is incredible but thank you so much for your time uh love each other take care of each other and of course take care and then just to, as always, you can find the Queer XP if you're, this is your first time listening to us. We are on all social media at the Queer XP, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Most active probably on Twitter, uh, just because it's my comfort social media because I know it the best and it doesn't require me to take photos of everything. <laughs> I'm so bad at Instagram. Um, on the docket, the next couple of things, the next three things we have coming up. Uh, we are playing, so after this episode, you, the next one coming up is Once More Onto the Stars, which is a Star Trek-inspired, uh, Powered by the Apocalypse-style game. We have, I believe, fingers crossed, we all come together. Uh, the game designer will be joining us for that one as well. Um, so I'm super excited. Following, we are playing a game called Cars, which is about the end of the fucking world. And now there's aliens and junkyards and shit. Um, I'm super pumped. It's going to be wild. And then our panel chat in March is going to be about femmes in gaming. So talking with folks who, um, women and non-binary femme folks who are in the gaming industry world and how do different folks navigate those spaces considering that they are predominantly cis male dominated spaces. Um, and I will plug this. If you are coming to PAX East and listening to this podcast, you can come and see us talk about things in person at PAX East on Sunday at 3.30 in the Bobcat Theater, uh, where we'll be doing Queering the Table, tables, LGBTQ plus experiences in tabletop gaming. Uh, you will hear former guests of this of the pod, such as Juicy Garland, uh, Calamity, um, I'm going to Vision in Lilac, our good friend DJ from our Legacy campaign, and Final Counselor, also known as Matt. So we've got a panel of five folks. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you are at PAX East, come find us and say hello. Um, but until then, we will see you all next week. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.